BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of VEASAN Sharp Money underway live from Las Vegas in our South Point Sportsbook studio. Ben Wilson in for Patrick. Great to be along with Mike Samich, who joins us today. Amal Shaw, he'll be back tomorrow. I could not put, uh, but crack up, uh, Mike, as we bring in Scott Miller from New York Times talk some baseball on the Angels postgame show right now. They're doing the record with and without, not Shoei Otani, but Zach and Neto. Uh, Angels are apparently 34 and 25 with 18 and 24 out this season, as if that is, is going to make the big difference the down key. the stretch. Definitely the key <laughs> right there. Uh, with that, let's welcome in Scott. We were just talking, Scott, about Shohei Otani after his uh, one-hitter complete game that just wrapped up a few minutes ago, and the Angels going forward 6-1 to one to make the postseason, and they are apparently going all in. As it stands right now, what, what would you give owner Artie Moreno's odds at at least landing Otani if we go to next year and him still being in an Angel uniform? You know, I think it's 50-50 right now. I think that could go either way. I am not surprised at all that the indications are they're going to keep him. I thought all along, all this uh, heavy breathing speculation over the last 10 days has been way, way too over the top. Uh, Marino indicated a while back, and the Angels have said all along, they're going to keep Otani at the trade deadline, if they've got a chance to win, and they do. And this is a once-in-a-generation player, and if you trade him, you might as well just close up the franchise. I, I really think that. Now, in terms of the chances to re-sign him, your question, I say 50-50 because, I mean, Artie and the Angels are going to have the money. If I, They'll have the money to play in the deep end of the pool, so you start there. Um, secondly, Otani knows and is comfortable with the angels as a franchise an organization and a place to work. Thirdly, um, and this is where more of the 50, 50 comes in. You know, he said all along, he wants a chance to win. If they, if they can, you know, get their guys back and it's not just keeping Otani at the trade deadline, but you know, they're going to get Mike Trout back from that broken hammock bone before too much longer. Everybody forgets about the catcher they lost in April, Logan O'Hoppy, the rookie that was just terrific both behind the plate and at the plate. They should have him back before long. So I think that they've got a chance to, you know, make earn a wild card spot. And if they do that, and if they can win, I think that could sway Otani. And as I said, they'll have the money. But, uh, you know, the Dodgers are going to come hard and fast. No question about that, as will other teams. So. You know, I think if the Angels, they're more optimistic. Right now, there's more positivity uh, in terms of the postseason, I think, than there's been since Otani's been there. And from that perspective, that's going to give them a chance at least to keep him. Now, Scott, one of the teams they're going to have to pass to get that wild card is your hometown Yankees here. And Ben and Dustin were just pouring dirt on their season in the last segment here. And they're an interesting spot. We've heard that they may be buyers. They may be sellers. They may just stand pat here at the deadline. They're supposed to get Aaron Judge back uh, tomorrow. 
What do you think the Yankees do here toward the deadline? Is this a season they're going to try and go for it and get into that wild card? Yeah, I don't ever see the Yankees waving the white flag. That's just not in their DNA. Uh, they'll be a different team when Judge comes back. I mean, I know right now it's it's crazy to look at the standings for like the past month and see the Yankees in last place in the American League East. Uh, you never think of the Yankees as a last place team, but it's a really good division this year. Um, I think when they get Rizzo back at, at the trade deadline, I mean, they and everybody else can use some pitching. I think, you know, Brian Cashman can, you know, land a starting pitcher and or one or two pieces in the bullpen, and they get Aaron Judge back. Um, you know, I, I think they can still make some noise. Um, I can't believe Boston continues to be ahead of them. I mean, the, you know, Boston, you know, credit to the Red Sox for what they've done. They're playing better than I thought they would, but – you know, they've been a wreck defensively, and, and, you know, it's been inconsistent on the mound. I, I think there's some teams ahead of the Yankees, such as the Red Sox, who will be vulnerable if Judge comes, you know, you assume when he comes back he'll be a presence in the lineup. That's going to make them exponentially better. And if they can improve their pitching, I, I think they go for it. Right now, plus 170 on the Yankees at DraftKings to make the playoffs had been a minus money favorite most of the year until their latest skid with Aaron Judge on the IL. As Scott Miller joins us, New York Times MLB columnist. Also, you hear him on SiriusXM MLB radio network at Scott Miller BBL. And I think about the other New York team as well, Scott, and, and how the New York Mets season has just continued to go from uh, bad to worse. They, you know, they, they will get to Kodai Senga, who's been a, a nice rookie in that system on the mound tonight. But as far as what to expect at the deadline, there have been the rumors about potential moving out of Justin Verlander after he you know, signed a big contract with them, even though he's getting up there in age. What do you realistically expect to happen there for the other team in the Big Apple approaching the deadline? Yeah, I mean, they They've kind of been a mirror image of the Padres, only they're in worse shape in terms of spending money and then underachieving. Um, you know, I, I think there'll be some moves. You know, David uh, Robertson uh, has been uh, late career um, uh, surprise in terms of how he's, you know, he's filled in really nicely at closer for, uh, you know, Edwin Diaz, who went down with that knee injury in the World Baseball Classic. But I, I, Robertson has pitched well enough. I think he'll be an attractive trade chip. Tommy Pham, the outfielder. I, I think the the Mets. It'll be interesting if if they move Verlander or if they're able to with the money he makes and his age. Um, I would think there'd be. I would take a gamble on Verlander more in a short term uh, run. For example, if if you're a team that thinks you can make the playoffs and maybe win a World Series this year, I think Verlander, given all of his postseason experience and his inter intestinal fortitude. I think he could help a contending team. And if I'm the Mets, I do look to uh, see if, if, if I can make a deal because the, the Mets is pretty clear are not going anywhere this year. Uh, and I do think they'll rearrange some things. And then I think the rest of it will be a waiting game for David Stearns who uh, is contract in Milwaukee to expire I think he'll be the next president of baseball operations with the Mets. And then that, that'll happen, I, I think, this winter. And then the Mets will look to rearrange and, and gear up for next year. One of the most disappointing teams so far this year has been the San Diego Padres. And now there's rumors swirling around that both Josh Hader and Blake Snell are going to be on their way out before this August 1st deadline. Both of them be big-time pickups for a lot of clubs that are contending. Where do you think that uh, Blake Snell and Josh Hader end up on August 1st? In San Diego with the Padres. I know there's a lot of rumors. I don't see the owner, Peter Seidler, and the president of baseball operations, A.J. Preller. I don't see them waving a white flag. There's too much money they've spent on this team, and I know they've been disappointing. Probably the most disappointing team in the game, arguably. And they need to start winning some games. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, they lost two or three to Pittsburgh at home this week. It's inexcusable. Um, but that said, you know, they, they're still within range in the wild card race. And here's the thing. Ownership is incredibly optimistic. Uh, Peter Seidler is one of the most optimistic people you'll meet. Um, he's not going to admit he's out of it until they're 10 games back with nine games to go. Um, 
this is a team that city of San Diego is hugely invested in this team. And, you know, good for the city. I mean, the Padres spent it's, – it's like the opposite of the Oakland situation. The Padres spent money, probably more money than they should have on this team, uh, and they got to the – obviously, they made a nice run last October and LCS where they lost to the Phillies. And then there's so much optimism coming into this year. And going back to the city of San Diego that's invested, uh, they have sold Petco Park out 40 times this year. They're going to set a franchise record with 3 million-plus attendance. Um, They're too far down the road, both in terms of player payroll and promises made to the fans that I just don't know that they're going to wave the white flag now. To your point, both Hayter and Snell are free agents after this year. So if they do get traded, I think it'll be, it won't be a sell situation so much as a rearranging situation to retool. But I, I, I think both are going to stay put. We're talking pre-MLB deadline with Scott Miller from the New York Times. Also check out his book, really good read, came out a few years ago, 90% Mental. Uh, one, speaking of uh, mental, Scott, the, the NL Central, like nobody knows what to make of this division. And, and we, I mean, you talk about David Stearns. You know, I'm from Milwaukee. The fact that they sold last year when they were leading the division, I'm still baffled by. What, yep. what happens in that yep. division leading up to the deadline? Um. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> um, and I'm baffled. Count me as baffled with you about yeah. last year. Um, but, you know, I mean, here we are. The, the, the Brewers lead the division by a game and a half. Cincinnati had a really nice run right before the All-Star game. And they're positioned to do some things. The, the team that, that I'm watching the most, I mean, I think Milwaukee and Cincinnati both look to add. They should look to add. That division is up for grabs. But the Obviously, especially in Cincinnati's case, with all those great young players they have, uh, Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain and, and the Abbott kid pitching, they're not going to trade key prospects because they, they're too young and too ready to win to part with it. So I, I think you know, they'll end up looking to trade marginal prospects to try to get better this year, but I don't expect a blockbuster. Uh, the, the, to me, the most interesting team in this division is going to be the Cubs at the trade deadline because they're six out. There's still a game under 500 um, at 50 and 51, um, you know, and there's six out. They're, I mean, they can make a run. They're, it's not that far out of the question. And they're four and a half out in the wild card. Not too bad. They've got three clubs they've got to climb over. Um, so they're close enough, the Cubs, to make a run in the division and in the wild card. Um, but the reason I say to me they're going to be the most interesting team, of course, is they've got Marcus Stroman. Sure, absolutely. And only team, lot, Scott, yeah, only team, uh, only team above uh, plus run differential in the NL Central. It remains the Chicago Cubs. And uh, sorry to cut you off, Scott. We, we're up against a uh, break, but we really appreciate okay. the insight here. Talking Major League Baseball trade deadline. Give him a follow at Scott Miller, BBL. We'll talk about the rest of the slate when we come back on Sharp Money. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now, you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. We all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the sounds of speeding? Drive too fast and you can hear the sound of your vehicle crashing because one way or another, speeding catches up with you. Paid for by NHTSA. Again, a big thanks to Scott Miller from the New York Times talking Major League Baseball with us here on Sharp Money. We were prepared to go into the rest of the Major League Baseball slate. It's an admittedly not big slate today, only five games, two of which in a doubleheader. Second game underway between the Angels and Tigers uh, right now. But we have some breaking news we need to get to. Uh, this is quite alarming. Video just came out. We'll, we'll have it for you here in a few minutes here if you're watching us, uh, vsin.com, YouTube TV, because Joe Burrow in Cincinnati training camp today, the QB goes down with it looked like a non-contact injury, Mike, could not put any weight on his, his right leg as during a play he just pulled up, carted off the field, and as we sit right now, 4.15 p.m. Eastern time on July 27th, all odds for Super Bowl, AFC, AFC North. Bengals win totals have been pulled off the board at DraftKings. Yeah, if you could pick a player outside of Patrick Mahomes, it was the most important person to their entire season. It is Joe Burrow. I mean, this is their guy. They don't have an offensive line that's that's wildly protective of him, so he's got to be able to get it out quick. They've got the offensive weapons out there, but he is the man that makes this whole thing tick, that makes this whole thing work. And this was a lot of people's pick to get out of the AFC and head to the Super Bowl this year. This division was going to be wildly difficult. Without Burrow, this changes a lot of things here. It's a brutal loss for the Bengals. If it is a long-term loss, obviously we'll get more news in here as it progresses, but you never want to see a non-contact knee injury. That is the worst case scenario when you're in NFL training camp. Yeah, absolutely. Well, not only that, I think a lot of the reason why people were really, really high on, on a Joe Burrow ascension, you know, even to another level this year as a quarterback for Cincinnati is the fact that this was supposed to be the first year with no interruptions. This was his first good to go from the start training camp. If you go back to his rookie season in 2020, coming out of COVID at all sorts of limitations and, and, and limited reps as far as what he could do in training camp, then had appendicitis going into last, uh, last summer as well. Wasn't able to get the full work and, and missed a good amount of time early on in training camp. Each of those years too, working with in year one, a horrible offensive line among the league's worst. And then last year, a completely retooled offensive line that took about six weeks to get going. So if nothing else, Mike, we certainly hope that this is not serious, but even if it isn't, even if it only causes him to miss a little bit of time, it's still far from an ideal world where you figure this would be the first year for Joe Burrow as a quarterback to have zero limitations whatsoever leading up to the start of the year. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, this is brutal for them. They wanted to have him healthy throughout the entire preseason, be able to hit the ground run, running week one, especially in an AFC where – if you don't get that one seed in the bye, if you don't win your division, it is a brutal road to get to the Super Bowl. If you're coming out of the wild card spot, you have to beat two of three. That's going to be Jacksonville led by Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be the Bills led by Allen or the Jets led by Rodgers. You're going to have to beat Mahomes in Kansas City. All of those games are on the road if you don't win your division. And this is a tough division. Baltimore, I think, is going to be significantly better. Love the move on the offensive coordinator and how they retooled. Both their wide receivers and that defense should be very good. And Cleveland, I think, is going to be significantly better here now that Deshaun Watson's had a, had a normal offseason and able to hit the ground running with, again, another very, very good defense. So the Bengals cannot afford to lose him even for a couple games early if they want to be legitimate Super Bowl contenders late. And we're watching the video right now. So, again, this was uh, from James Rapian from uh, who had, had the film of this. This, again, just happened from today's training camp. Burrow scrambling out of the pocket and, again, not even being contacted, just pulls up lame, trying to hop off the field, ultimately goes down to the ground and then has to get the, has to get the cart. We'll see in the second video, carted off the field. And 
as, as you know, it's, it's the thing you do not want to see whatsoever, somebody with a non-contact injury, especially with somebody with a history, uh, Joe Burrow, had, who had to rehab from an ACL injury in the past. So that is, that's what's going on right now. And in the betting markets, you know, the one thing that is still up I'm seeing right now, Mike, is the MVP market with Patrick Mahomes 7-1, to Burrow still up there at plus 750, Josh Allen of Buffalo at 8-1. to Not that as a better, you'd ever really feel comfortable going out and making a speculative bet based on one video of a non-contact injury. But it is at least interesting that all these other markets, Super Bowl, AFC, AFC North, win totals have been taken down on Cincinnati. And yet uh, the MVP where Burrow has been getting a lot of play is still up and available to bet on. Yeah, you, you watch that first video, and the one thing that jumps out at me is immediately the teammates' hands to the heads, right? They immediately see that reaction from his teammates and the negative reaction there. The Jalen Ramsey issue, he left the, earlier the, the Miami Dolphins practice today. You didn't see that same reaction from that team when it happened, and a lot of times those guys on the field can tell the severity of something like that, and the immediate reaction from his teammates to put their hands on their heads is, is not a positive sign if you're a Bengals fan or Bengals backer. Yeah, no doubt. Again, for those of you watching with us on VEASAN.com YouTube TV, we're, we're showing this you this to you right now is uh, Joe Burrow goes down carted off the field with the injury and it's not just like anecdotal to say like team a lot of betters really really high on Cincinnati this year in the visa NFL betting guide what 11 different uh, analysts we have out of the 20 that gave out Super Bowl and full-on predictions have the Bengals winning it all so this is a team that is that a lot of really smart people are really really high on real quick guys I do have an update uh, Zach Taylor tells reporters it was a calf injury for Joe Burrow, which is massive, rules out an Achilles, That's... and that means it rules out an ACL. That's great news. Things. Great news if you're a Bengals fan. Yeah, let me tell you, as someone who's pulled a, a calf, pulled a hammy before, it's not fun, but it's a lot better than what it could have been if that is the issue here. Uh, yeah, no question. On I that. woke up uh, yeah. in the middle of the night last night with my calf <laughs> cramping. Have you ever had that? But, like, I woke up before it started. Like, I knew it was going to happen. And then it happened. It was like my body knew it was. And so I, I know what Joey B's going through. Always good when we have Dustin <laughs> very comparing his, his own injuries to uh, a star quarterback. You've never had a calf NFL. wake you up in the but middle of the night? I have it happen all the time. It's always the left calf. It's never that, the right calf. I don't know why. Oh. I mean, it's Dustin missed zero hurt. shows. <laughs> yeah. So Burrow should be good, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm watching a presser now. I'll try and get this sound for you guys here okay. soon. But Zach Taylor's laughing and smiling, so... So that would seem to be good. Well, look, as long <laughs> as, again, seeing non-contact injury to get the early report that this is just a calf injury for Burrow, not, as we mentioned, potential Achilles or ACL. A huge, hugely positive news there for Cincinnati, so expect those uh, betting markets. Uh, they're going to be put back up. I understand why sportsbooks immediately reacted and just pulled things, because with a guy of his stature, Joe Burrow, you could certainly understand that. Uh, but you mentioned the other injury from uh, from today, Mike, and, and talking about what happened in Miami where Jalen Ramsey collides with Tyree Kill, the new cornerback, against the, the star wide receiver. Uh, so that's uh, not what you want either with a, a newly prized target coming into a revamped defense under a new defensive coordinator in uh, Vic Fangio, a, a parent knee injury. We'll get the full update from head coach Mike McDaniel tomorrow morning at their media availability, but the early reports from uh, from some of at least the teammates who were asked was that he will be good to go and is okay. So sounds like down in South Florida, they also avoided major disaster. That's yeah, huge for Miami too. They, they are really going the Rams direction here and just trying to load up and win a Super Bowl with Tua on a rookie contract, which, you know, as a Dolphins fan, I'm excited about, although I'm not a full Tua believer here. Uh, we'll see what they're able to do, but adding Jalen Ramsey, adding Chubb last year, Phillips taking a step forward this year could make this defense very, very, very good. It's all going to be whether or not Tua can stay healthy and, and if he's going to be able to stay on the field for Miami. And if Mike McDaniel could take a step forward here as a second year head coach as well, but Jalen Ramsey is a big part of this because Xavier Howard was not nearly as good last year as he had been in the past. It was important to move him from the one to the two and have Ramsey in that one quarterback slot. So good news out of Miami here as well, that Jalen Ramsey seems to be okay and should be good to go. Absolutely. The one thing I was also going to just add, I saw this uh, pop up here, right? Calf strain is what uh, head coach Zach Taylor is telling reporters as we are. Uh, he's in a press conference live for his quarterback, Joe Burrow, right? Calf uh, injury. And I just bring that up because what happened at the start of camp for another team, Dallas, Donovan Wilson, right? Calf injury as well and the report from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network as well as Todd Archer of ESPN that will be about a four to six week injury so not to you know, not to say it will be exactly the same for Joe Burrow but if it in fact is a right calf strain which is usually of the more common of, of those types of injuries you're looking at about uh, potentially a month and remember Burrow missed almost a month with the uh, the appendectomy that he had a, a season ago so I just found that interesting Mike that we had we did literally just see another player have the exact same injury at a different position and they expect that timeline to be around a month. 
I, I can tell you too, when you have those calf injuries, when you have the leg injuries that are muscle related too, they don't always feel phenomenal right away when you come back. So again, another thing that heading into the season, it doesn't give Joe Burrow that pristine preseason to really be able to get it going and running is an important part of his game here. He's going to have to move again. You mentioned the retooled offensive line last year. Eh, it went okay. We'll see if that offensive line yeah. able to take a step forward here, protect him better and keep him in the pocket better. Because if, if there are any type of those leg issues going into the season, specifically those first four weeks, you want to make sure you're taking care of. Them. It was just looking to at some of the, you know, the positional rankings that a lot of sites do like a pro football focus, like a sharp football consensus is about 15th ish in the NFL for that Cincinnati offensive line in 2023. So it's a far cry from where it was when Joe Burrow was a rookie and took the most sacks of anybody in the NFL. But it's, it's not like, despite all the money they spent on retooling, it's not like this is just a top five unit all of a sudden. No, they got better, but they didn't, they didn't get to where they wanted to. When you swap out three to four of your offensive linemen in an off season, it's going to take a while for it to gel. And you mentioned after week six, they were better. So you wonder, okay, how were those numbers in the first five, six weeks versus the last uh, 11 weeks of the season? And did you see marketed improvement in those last 11 weeks? And if so, you had to have some positivity coming into the off season, but there's still question marks here on this offensive line. And again, the division has phenomenal pass rushes in all three of the other teams, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland can absolutely get after the quarterbacks. So the offensive line, extremely important for yeah, Cincinnati. So get ready in your preseason betting to see a whole lot of Trevor Simeon, uh, Jake Browning at quarterback for Cincinnati. Those are, those are some names. As long as they're in preseason, not regular season, that's good. But Bengals open at Cleveland, home Baltimore, uh, home Rams on a Monday night, then at Tennessee. Like not not a super easy schedule, but it's it's also uh, you know it's not the hardest of schedules either when you look at it. We'll need the full health of Joe Burrow and again from what just happened at practice today. Head coach Zach Taylor right now telling reporters right calf injury to a star quarterback Joe Burrow. All right, when we come back, time to talk a little Denver Broncos as we continue our NFL discussion with Nick Kosmider next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Download the DraftKings app today, and new customers can bet $5 and get $150 in bonuses instantly. Use promo code VEASAN when you sign up. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Again, we are still waiting word more officially. I know Dustin Sweels and our producer is looking into that, uh, that press conference from Cincinnati. But as the latest update on that, Zach Taylor, head coach, telling reporters right calf injury for quarterback Joe Burrow, who left with what looked like a non-contact injury from practice earlier today. Uh, speaking of training camp, a lot going on right now. Probably the biggest headline until Burrow was just carted off the practice field was what is going on for the Denver Broncos and the comments made by head coach Sean Payton. I'm just blasting the previous regime and head coach Nathaniel Hackett. So for more on that, we welcome in Nick Cosmiter, who joins us right now, covers the team for the athletic. And as always, Nick, you know, it's week one of training camp. So a lot of buzz going, especially for a team that has big expectations. But I'm curious what the vibe is out in Denver now with uh, Sean Payton. He knew what would happen, right? Making comments like that, uh, talking so negatively about the former regime. Uh, what's been the vibe out there here today? Yeah, you know, it's, it's been interesting. You know, just for some, some context on this, Sean Payton expressed some of these um, feelings uh, to, a, to a lesser degree during the owners' meetings in Phoenix in March when he said that the, the film, uh, particularly offensively from the 2022 season, was, quote, hard to watch. Uh, he was pretty critical of the offensive operation. Uh, he had poked fun during his introductory press conference at an incident that happened in week two last year in which the crowd at, at Mile High Stadium was actually counting down the play clock because the Broncos were having such a hard time getting plays in and getting plays off. So some of these seeds have been planted a while ago, but I think the, <laughs> I guess the, um, you know, the, the rashness in which he came out and said what he said to Jared Bell of USA Today in regards to last year being one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history, saying that many people have dirt on their hands, pointing to the team's own management structure as having played a role in what went wrong last year. So there was really nobody uh, spared from the criticism that he levied today. And I think that caught, you know, that certainly raised some eyebrows here in Denver. Now, Nick, I know one of the most important relationships here is going to be that that Russell Wilson, Sean Payton relationship. We saw the two of them together at a Denver Nuggets game. To me, this feels like it's a really a vote of confidence for Russell Wilson as well. To make sure to give him a pat on the back, say, I believe in you. Is that kind of the, the feeling there in Denver as well? I think that was some of it, right? Like uh, of all the, you know, all the people that received criticism for, for how poorly 2022 went, nobody felt that, I think, more 
than Russell Wilson, and, and a lot of it for good reason, right? He had the worst statistical season of his career in year number 11. It was the first season in which he had landed in Denver. The Broncos had given up uh, three starting-level players, five draft picks, and then handed Russell Wilson a five-year, $245 million contract. You cannot make a bigger investment in a player than they did in Russell Wilson, and he just simply did not perform well. And I think to Sean Payton's point, um, you know, Russell Wilson is deserving of criticism. He's, you know, 34 years old. He knows that's part of life in the NFL. But in his mind, there were so many other extenuating circumstances that to him the idea that Russell Wilson is, is a broken player who can't look like what he did for so many years in Seattle, um, you know, Payton flat out called that BS. And, and his belief, he's essentially saying, look, I am going to put the things in place that I know a quarterback needs in order to succeed because it's been tried and tested in the way that I've done it. Um, you just have to be the player that you've been, and together that will help us get back to where we need to be. Um, but I think behind closed doors, the message to Russell Wilson has probably been a lot more firm from Sean Payton saying, hey, I'm going to have your back uh, in public, but, but I'm going to push you in these camps with tempo, with play calling, uh, with just about everything, and, and I'm going to expect you to, you know, to meet that every day. Eight and a half that win total right now for the Denver Broncos, evenly juiced, by the way, at DraftKings as Nick Kosmider joins us right now, covers the Denver Broncos for The Athletic here on Sharp Money. And I, I just wonder on the defensive side, everybody wants to talk offense, and that's all well and good. It's totally fair with bringing in a new offensive-minded head coach and a Sean Payton. But this is a defense that kept Denver in so many games last year, tied for third in yards per play allowed against uh, on defense, and were fourth in fewest yards per drive allowed. But you look at the last couple of seasons on that front seven, have lost Avon Miller, Bradley Trubb, Draymond Jones, how do you expect the front seven to look in particular uh, now that you, you go into a 2023 season with very much higher and increased expectations just team-wide? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think that Broncos have arguably the best secondary in the, in the NFL. When you look at Pat Sertan, who might be the best cornerback in the league, Justin Simmons, who is a top three safety, um, has more interceptions uh, over the last five years than any safety in the league. Um, and then you add a, a couple of young defensive backs the Broncos are really high on, guys like Caden Stern, Damari Mathis, uh, Riley Moss, who they drafted in the third round this year, Kwan Williams. Um, so, so they're really loading the secondary. But the big question about Denver's defense, to your point, is whether they can apply pressure with that front seven consistently enough. The Broncos were good defensively last year, but in the second half of the season, they really fell off. And the biggest reason why was that they could not apply pressure to the quarterback. They were second to last in pressure rate over the last eight weeks of the season. And they didn't replace Bradley Chubb, who they traded to the Miami Dolphins for the first-round pick that eventually allowed them to sign Sean Payton as their head coach. Um, they still have Randy Gregory, who they signed to a massive contract last offseason, but he played in only six games during his first season in Denver, has been healthy this offseason, participating fully. There's a lot of hope and expectation that he can be that catalyst that he was in, in the games that he did play early last year. You bring in a guy like Zach Allen, who is essentially the replacement for Draymond Jones, played with Vance Joseph, the new defensive coordinator for Denver in Arizona the last four years. They view him as an ascending player who can be a 8-9, 10-sack type interior lineman. Um, and then you have young players like Baron Browning, Bruce Sanders, who is going to start as inside linebacker but will be you know, blitzing the quarterback a lot, playing on the outside a little bit. They have pieces, but what they have to show is that they can stay healthy, A, and then consistently come up with a plan of attack to rotate guys, to develop young players into, you know, consistent weapons. That's something they did not have last year once Bradley Chubb was traded and once Randy Gregory was injured. One Bronco I'm surprised we're not hearing more about is Javante Williams coming off an ACL injury in the fourth game of the season last year as a rookie ran for close to a thousand yards and was also a threat catching the ball out of the backfield as well. What do you expect from Javante Williams coming into this season? Is he going to be good to go here? We go on. Yeah, we actually just spoke to Javante Williams today, um, really for the, for the first time as a, as a media contingent since he was injured last October. And he is cleared for training camp. And, you know, they open uh, their first full practice tomorrow. They had a couple of ramp-up periods uh, the last two days in which he was a full participant, uh, playing with that big brace on his right leg, but has been cleared uh, to practice. He will be limited on some days as they just continue to kind of load manage his injury. But I, I would expect to see him ready for week one, and, that, and that's, that's huge for the Broncos. When he got hurt last October, it was a ACL tear, an LCL tear, damage to the posterior coronal, coronal ligament, which I, I now know more about than I, than I ever thought I would. 
it was it was a slew of injuries that they thought would keep him out a full calendar year or more. And here he is inside of 10 months back on the field. It's been a pretty remarkable recovery. And I think he's one of the more just pure talented running backs that Sean Payton has worked with in some time. I think they're going to be able to use him a lot of ways. You alluded to it. I think he's going to be a big threat in the passing game. That's a way that the Saints like to use their running backs when Sean Payton was the head coach. Uh, they also have Samaje P. Ryan, who they're really high on. They signed him in free agency. I would I expect to see him have a career high in carries, go over the 100 carry mark uh, here in 2023. So they're excited about what they have going in the backfield. The Broncos were, you know, kind of linked to Dalvin Cook there for a while. Uh, but but that's, I think they're pretty happy with the group that they have right now. I give him a follow again at Nick Cosmider, if you don't do so already. He does a great job covering the Broncos for the Athletic. Before we let you go, Nick, as far as any other training camp battles or just players to watch you're really interested in, and you mentioned a Javante Williams coming back from injury, who are a couple of guys who could make legitimate differences to a Broncos win total that's at eight and a half, depending on how this training camp session goes. Yeah, well, one guy that I would really keep an eye on, if, if you're sort of a, a fantasy football player or, to your point, just kind of watching that, that Broncos line is, is a young tight end named Greg Dulcich. He, he was a third-round pick of the Broncos last year, um, but hurt his hamstring early in rookie minicamp, didn't really participate in training camp, and wasn't able to play until week six last year. He only ended up playing in 10 games and yet finished second among all rookie tight ends in receiving yards. Uh, he had a couple of huge games for the Broncos in the middle of the season when they were you know, start of, sort of flirting with being a competent offense, um, when they were looking probably as good as they did at any point. He's a real weapon uh, in the middle of the team. I think Sean Payton, um, you know, kind of sees some flashes perhaps of a, of a young Jimmy Graham in terms of how versatile Dulcich is and being able to line up in different spots. Great speed, big physical guy. Um, I, I, would, I would expect big things for, from him this year. And then, of course, Jerry Judy. That, that's the big question. Over the last six weeks of last season, he finally looked like that number one type receiver that they drafted in 2020. Um, you know, was as good as anybody the last six weeks of the year. Um, he is kind of their unquestioned number one wide receiver right now. And I think if he can capitalize on how he ended last season and he continue to build that chemistry with Russell Wilson um, and inside of this scheme in which Sean Payton really knows how to get guys in space, I think he could be in for a really big season as well. And he is Nick Cosmider joining us right now on Sharp Money Talking All Things Denver Broncos covering the team for The Athletic. Nick, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the uh, ongoing coverage of Bronco Training Camp. Yeah, thanks for having me. When we return, trying to figure out, uh, Mike, if there's been – so DraftKings just reposted a Cincinnati Bengal win total. In our, in our recent NFL betting guide, we had the Bengals at 11.5. I think that's where they were basically everywhere. It's not 11.5 anymore. We'll explain why when Ooh. we come back with some sound from the head coach, Zach Taylor. That's next. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL betting guide is out now, and our college football guide drops next week. It previews and predictions for every Division I team in conference, best bets on futures and season win totals, plus an in-depth breakdown of how you can use our betting splits and power rankings to make you smarter, better this season. Sign up before the end of July and receive both guides and full VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl at an early bird discount of $175, or sign up on a monthly subscription and get your first 30 days for only 19 bucks to see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Remember, this offer ends July 31st, so don't miss out on these preseason deals. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe to take advantage of these special offers and become part of the Sports Betting Network. By the way, as, as much as uh, as if a complete game one-hit shutout was not enough for Shoei Otani, uh, Mikey's just gone yard, 37th homer of the year, two-run shot. Angels up 5 nothing in the second game with a doubleheader uh, in Detroit. Not bad. No, it'll work. Minus 125 looking awfully nice right now with a five-run cushion here in game two. It, it, uh, yes, it certainly is. We won't bring that up to Dustin, but, you know, he's, he's feeling good back there. A five, five zip for the Angels. <laughs> They've now outscored the Tigers 11 nothing across the first, uh, basically, 11 innings of that doubleheader so far today. I mentioned, though, with the tease, Mike, how we've been tracking the betting markets after Joe Burrow was carted off Cincinnati quarterback with the non-contact injury, according to head coach Zach Taylor. Uh, we have the sound from him called this a calf injury, and, and here were the reports from right after practice. Tell him what happened. Just we saw his calf. You know, it was 10 minutes ago, so we don't have any more information. Uh, no, he did it today. So we'll get more information on that if we get. Was there any issue before coming into today for, for him to wear that? I mean, I think a lot of guys after the first day have some soreness, and that's it. But uh, I don't think we're surprised. I know this is so fresh, but he's been talking a lot about how much he's looking forward to camp. What's your message going to be to Well, we, we don't have any information yet, so I'm not going to have any message ready until we get more. With the uh, outside the pocket, freelance stuff like, was that built into the plan today? A lot of no, plays outside the pocket. No, that, no not necessarily. Was he just tucking it there? He was just screaming. Message to the team, Zach. After something like that happens, obviously it's a team. Message. This is football. Guys go down with an injury that maybe is a day thing. Who knows? Um, so we, we don't we don't message the team after every single person goes down. There's, there's a lot of guys that have soreness today um, that have that reps cut down a little bit. So that's just part of it. So head coach Zach Taylor does not seem to be uh, all, all that concerned. I mean, I, I empathize with the reporters. Like when you're tra- you're in a scrub, you're trying to get a soundbite. But uh, yeah. Apparently all good for Joe Burrow, right? Uh, calf injury. I, what I find interesting though, Mike, is that a lot of the sports books, understandably so, just with how the video comes out of that injury from a couple hours ago, pulled the win total and a lot of the other markets, Super Bowl, AFC, AFC North, a lot of odds were pulled off the board, at least at DraftKings. And I see a number of books that have still had this locked right now. Bengals were consensus market wide, 11 and a half on the win total. It's been reposted, interestingly, at DraftKings at 10 and a half. So they've dropped just purely speculatively have dropped Cincinnati a full win. It is juiced over minus 120, but that is a really fascinating stance to take when we literally have no information outside of what we were just told in that soundbite from head coach Zach Taylor on the right calf injury. Yeah, I'm surprised you see the full win drop there. It seems a little reactionary. Uh, Zach Taylor clearly not very concerned about it. You saw him laughing. We'll see how long this is, if it is the four to six weeks or if it's shorter than that time frame. Uh, but a pretty aggressive move from books. I mean, the, the under was juiced minus 130. If you post it back up at 10 and a half, all of a sudden you're leaving yourself up open to that middle of 11, uh, which is a, a likely range that the, the Bengals fall on here. So I'm surprised that they dropped a full win here. Be interesting to see what that market does and how long it lasts in that spot. Uh, to me, I, look, I'm not interested in getting involved in any type of Bengals market until I know more about what is going on here with this injury, because Joe Burrow is the key, right? That under could be seven and a half without Burrow. If, if you really want to get crazy with it, if he's out for the season, obviously it doesn't look like it's that, but with this little information to me, it's tough to bet this thing right now. Yep. I no, completely agree. it's, you know, it's like on the one hand, you really want to do that. If you're a book exposing yourself to a middle when 11 and six is a very realistic outcome for Cincinnati in 2023, given how tough the schedule is, the strength of the division, at the same time, if you're a better, you really want to tie up your money when there's so much uncertainty. Is it, like, is it really worth that unless you just feel so strongly about the position you already have? Like, say you took a huge position on, you know, let's say uh, under 11 and a half for whatever reason. Now you're just, you know, you're trying to come back the other way. I don't really see in what world you would want to do that. 
yeah, if you have the under 11 and a half, you have a massive position. Uh, this is good news. Like, right. Like why, why are you then trying to buy back over a 10 and a half? Sure. doesn't make a ton of sense there. So I don't, I don't see a lot of people at big time positions at under 11 and a half trying to do something here. I, I think because it was just under 11 and a half, that's the reason you drop down here, but I'm, I'm pretty surprised they put it back up at 10 yeah. and a half. I would have expected they just leave it off the board for a day, leave it at 11 and a half, get more information and then come back with a number. It's not like you're costing yourself a ton of money, not having a Bengals season total for a day or two, as you find out more information about this. Yeah, that, That's I think the bigger interesting part to me, because a lot of times sports books, you know, they operate in lockstep on this. And I'm just you know, on my phone right now, just trying to, to shop and compare books. We're looking at some of the, you know, the East coast, the rest of country, East coast books, so to speak, a number of them do not have this. It, it's all locked right now. And then comparing that to how, you know, how Vegas does it just for, you know, just for comparison's sake, uh, looking at it at the moment, I, I see Bengals have been taken off the board pretty much everywhere I'm looking as well. So that that's also part of it. And it's like, as much as books want to say, you know, betting is a 365 day a year thing. Is it? Yeah. Like you say, Mike, is it really a bad thing to take a, a one team off for, you know, 12 hours on July 27th when you have a quarterback that means so much that goes down with a knee injury. I think it's a totally valid point to make. What, one note, guys, that I think we just need to reemphasize is he was wearing a sleeve on his calf before he got hurt. Zach Taylor said it was just soreness from the day before from camp starting yesterday. But, like, that's concerning when you have a sleeve on it and then we saw the video of how it went down. He there was no like, let me shake this off and see if I can do something. Right. He immediately couldn't put weight on it. And then to the kicker is he's carted off the field and couldn't walk off the field. I think I'm a little bit more concerned now than I was like 30 minutes ago when I thought things might just be, you know, a, a minor injury. Interesting. That's why I'm surprised this thing's back up, right? I mean, if, if you, you saw that sleeve, you're not really sure what the, the overall result of this is, how long he's going to miss, if it's going to be any regular season games, if it's just preseason. Uh, I mean, Ben, you brought up a great point about last year, the appendix, and how that caused a slow start here for the Bengals. This is another thing that could cause a slow start there. I guess that's why you just down a game if you're the books, but I'm surprised you're not waiting for more information because he is so important to this team. He is going to change that number drastically, right? If he, if he's missing missing six weeks. It's more than one game that you're probably going to adjust that number down. If those are regular season games, we'll see what happens here over the next 24 hours. To me, this is something where you wait, you find out the information and then you make a decision on how you want to, you know, use your money to try and take advantage of those, sure. that information. Yeah. The only other ripple effect I've noticed guys, if you guys have jumped in and seen anything else, let me know. The one thing I, I did see, cause MVP has stayed up this whole time. And I've noticed the number get cut a little bit on Justin Herbert. I don't, you know, it's again, I, I find myself laughing because it's like, we just see a quarterback go down. Coach says it's no big deal. And yet the market goes crazy. And that's what we, that's what we do here to try to break all that down. But Herbert now at DraftKings 11 to one. I see another shop that's got him to, got him at nine to one has, has at least taken some action. I wonder if that is a direct uh, you know, move by books correlatively, or if there have been some betters who've come in and right away without knowing anything have gone, you know what? I liked Herbert anyway. Let me just bet him now that now that there's some doubt about one of the quarterbacks he's going up against in that conference. Yeah, I would have expected Kansas City money, if anything, to be what you caught here. Either sure. uh, number one overall seed in the AFC, uh, to win the AFC, those type of numbers. Because really, Cincinnati, I think most people would agree, is the main threat to Kansas City this year. So if you were going to see an immediate market move off this information, to me, it's either a Kansas City market or it's divisional bets coming in on you know either Cleveland or Baltimore, although those got taken down immediately, so it would have been hard to play back at those. So surprised that that's where the money's coming in. I, I, my guess is that there is not a lot of money coming in on this specific move just because of the lack of information sure. right now on Joe Burrow. Makes a lot of sense. As far as the rest of that, the division, Mike, this is one day you and I are able to host together here. What, what's the team that you're eyeing as far as the AFC North as a whole? Uh, to me, the two teams like uh, Pittsburgh, I think is going to be down this year. I think this is the first year that they don't have a winning record. So you're looking at, I think since he's going to be good, but I'm not going to take them as a short price to win the division. I think Cleveland and Baltimore are the two most interesting teams. I'm willing to be a little more speculative on Cleveland. I think that off that defensive line is going to be phenomenal. We saw double teams across that defensive line. You're not going to see those against Garrett this year. He's going to be able to get loose. 
And I just don't think Deshaun Watson's as bad as what we saw in those last six weeks last year. If he goes back to being a top five, top six NFL quarterback, which he was widely thought of when he was on Houston with better weapons and a better offensive line and a significantly better defense, the upside for Cleveland is there to me. So I would rather take a little bit more of a shot. You're getting plus 425 right now for them to win the division. To me, that's the the, the target that I would go for here because I, I just like the upside in Cleveland versus what we've seen from Cincinnati and from Baltimore. And nine and a half that win total for Cleveland. Now that it's moved under 20 to one, hard for me to really have a lot of conviction, but the Nick Chubb numbers when they first came out on the, on the offensive player of the year, especially with him now being the lead, you know, the, the true lead guy was either first or second, depending on you know, which publication you look at as far as rush yards over expectation last year has the, uh, the elite offensive line. Like you mentioned, Mike, I, I feel like Chubb, regardless of team success uh, in for a huge year in 20 on 2023. Yeah, I think this offense is going to be very good. We'll, we'll see what level they can reach, but this offense has the, the possibility to be great. And you mentioned Chubb. Without Hunt there, too, he is going to get all the carries. Sure. It should help him out. By the way, that number was 20, 23 to 1. See it been bet down to 17 to 1. He is now one of the shorter shots, third on the odds board right now, Nick Chubb. Also, the short shot to lead the league in rushing yards among running backs, plus 450 as of right now. That's another hour in the books here on Vsin Sharp Money. We visit with the Sports Betting Hall of Famer, Vinny Maliulo, in studio right after this. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 